Welcome to the How to Write and Self-Publish Your Travel Book Show. This podcast brings you the most up-to-date and relevant advice, tips, and strategies to get your travel book in front of a global audience. And here's your host, travel writer and digital nomad, Jay Artali. Today is all about travel writing, and we're going to kick it off by looking at the difference between informational content and travel narrative. And what we're going to look at is point of view, so how to effectively use first, second, and third point of views in your text. We're going to look at the tone of your writing and how creating an author avatar will help keep your writing consistent. Then we're going to look at the three different types of diction, formal, casual, and slang, and then how to create cadence in your writing by adjusting the length of your sentences. All of these elements are going to help to create your writing style. And peppered within the show are different writing exercises that you can do to practice those different writing techniques. So let's get started. Guidebook writing is not creative, nor is it meant to be. Its purpose is education and facts. Read through a random chapter in a guidebook and you'll notice how stilted the descriptions are. So says Roy Stevenson in his article, Pitch Travel Write. Roy's quote is indicative of the bad rap travel writing gets. Details and facts can read as stilted and boring, but your travel guide doesn't have to consist of dry data. As an indie author, you've got the freedom to interject travel narratives and anecdotes to bring your travel guide to life. Yes, you need to write a book that highlights all of the essential information expected for the type of travel guide you write in. But if you want to add a human element to your writing, you're going to have to put a little bit of yourself into it. Although there are multiple travel writing outlets and each method requires a different approach, travel writing boils down to two camps, the how-to informational travel writing and travel narrative. The how-to uses an objective point of view, but a narrative is based on the writer's personal experience. The how-to informational approach is the one traditionally used by travel guide writers and is aimed at helping travellers to visit a particular place or location. It provides details on how to reach a destination, what to see and do, currency use, basic language tips, anything that would help the traveller plan a trip there. Whereas the travel narrative recounts it from a personal perspective and provides an insight into their experiences and emotions throughout the visit. But remember, travel guide writing isn't a literary work of art. Write your travel guide segments, anecdotes and travel narratives as if you were having a conversation with a friend. And don't use long or complex words not found in everyday conversation. There are multiple different phases to travel guide writing, from capturing rough notes to organising the key information and crafting narratives to engage your reader. Travel guide writing is different from writing a travel memoir, travel narrative or travel article, but your travel guide can include elements of all of these different styles of writing. But you need to be true to the travel guide genre and make sure to deliver the core travel guide elements your readers expect. The core part of any travel writing in guidebooks is straightforward, informative and full of facts and details. But it doesn't only have to include that kind of content. You can also include anecdotes or travel narrative sections that will help your reader connect to the destination you're writing about. If you're new to travel blogging, you might not have settled on a writing style yet. But the more you write, the more your natural writing style will evolve and develop. There are multiple elements to consider when defining your personal writing style. 
As we cover these today, you'll recognize some that you'll be comfortable adopting and others that would just feel alien to you. The key to choosing your writing style is that it feels natural and effortless. As soon as you try to force a writing style that isn't you, you'll start having problems with your writing. So let's look at point of view. Veteran editor Dave Lambert says, no decision you make will impact the shape and texture of your story more than your choice of point of view. Most travel writers create articles within the second or third person to make their content seem more objective and to avoid being the centerpiece of their articles. But for travel guides, you can write in first, second or third person. If you plan on using the first person approach in your travel writing, then you can present your experiences through your point of view and you can even take part in some of the activities. You'll be able to relay your thoughts, feelings and opinions but your content is more likely to be considered highly biased. So let's look at first, second and third person point of view pronouns. So first person pronouns would be I, me, my, mine, we, us, ours or are. And this is content shared from your point of view. So an example of using first person would be I enjoy eating at the telephone bar in the East Village. It's one of my favorite places for brunch. Now, the second person point of view pronouns are you and yours. And this is content that's actually directed at your reader. So using the previous example and rewriting it from a second person point of view, eat at the telephone bar in the East Village and it could easily become one of your favorite places for brunch. Now, for the third person point of view, the pronouns are he, she, it, they, them, their. So content is from an outside observer's point of view. So as an example, the telephone bar in the East Village is a local's favourite and they flock to it each weekend for brunch. The point of view you use is a personal writing style choice, but the key is that your point of view is consistent throughout the book. The most confusing thing for a reader is to have the author flip between second and third person point of view either continue directing your content at them or provide them with an outside observer's point of view, but don't alternate between the two. If you choose second or third person point of view, it's sometimes appropriate to briefly use a first person point of view to put yourself at the destination. I use this approach in my travel guides to add a personal perspective or to recount an anecdote or travel tip. I call attention to these changes in point of view by indenting the content so it's clear to the reader that I've switched the point of view. This makes the cortex flow with a consistent point of view. Think of it like a TV program that's interrupted by commercials. Your reader can skip the personal anecdotes or pause knowing they're slightly different. Their flow is interrupted but with an intentional shift in focus. If you only use a first-person interruption sparsely, you can include them as part of the core text, preferably within brackets or parentheses. And if you consistently pepper your text with anecdotes or tips, then it's best to identify them using simple formatting. For example, call-out boxes, indentation, italics or bold. This way it's clear to your reader your change in point of view is intentional and not just sloppy writing. You can add travel narrative sections to talk about your experiences or emotional reactions to a place or destination, 
and it'll be clear to your reader you've jumped out of the core text to interject your first-hand experience. From personal observation, when I chat with a friend, I switch from first and second person point of view. And because I want my travel guides to ooze that same friendly feeling, I use this same approach. I convey the facts and details using second person and use first person or tips and short anecdotes to illustrate a point of view or convey a personal experience. Using the first-person point of view more sparingly is more impactful for the reader, and this way they can focus on the content rather than you. Then when you interject your personal anecdote, it stands out. If you're mixing points of view, first and third person or first and second person, ask yourself whether you're providing details and information or a perspective, and this will help you validate you've used the correct pronouns for your content. So it might be handy here to do a quick writing exercise. To help you decide which point of view to use as your primary one throughout your travel guide, try writing the same summary in first, second and third person. And here's some prompts to help you. Write an entry for the last restaurant you visited. Write an entry for the last historical site you visited. Write a how to get from A to B entry. And this can be something as simple as how to get from your kitchen to your car or front gate. Writing in the first person will be easy, but try second and third person point of view writing to see if you gravitate to one over the other. Next, we're going to look at tone. What tone do you want to convey? For example, friendly, reserved, humorous, serious, scholarly, sarcastic, conspiratorial, logical, emotional, intimate or opinionated. Rick Steves, uh, who's a famous travel guide writer, and you have to have lived under a rock if you haven't heard of him, said, I learned to write by giving talks. I talk and talk and talk to groups about travel and sharpen my message. Then I talk the same way to the page. In a similar vein to Rick Steves, I use a friendly and approachable tone in my travel guides as if I was sharing a conversation with a travel buddy. If you're just starting out as a travel writer, the easiest approach is just to imagine discussing your trip with a close friend. This will most likely be the writing tone that comes most naturally to you, as it's the one you're using in everyday speech. During the editing phase, you'll tighten up your text to cut out extra words. But for the first draft, just capture your ideas using a tone you're comfortable with. As you become a more experienced writer, you'll gain the confidence to experiment with different writing tones. But make sure you can maintain the same tone throughout your entire travel guide. Questions to ask yourself. Is the tone appropriate to my subject? For example, a glib writing style for a serious topic wouldn't go down very well. And another question is, will your tone appeal to the audience? For example, a 20-year-old backpacker partying their way around the world on a budget will gravitate towards a different tone than an empty nester looking to experience the religious and cultural heritage of Warsaw. If you answered no to either of these questions, it's time to reevaluate your tone or change the other elements within your book. Basically, you need to make sure that all of your vocabulary, sentence structure and content tone all work in harmony with your target audience in mind. If you're struggling to define your tone, try applying a label to your author role. Here are a few author avatar examples to trigger your imagination. Adapt these to suit your writing tone and level of detail or create one from scratch. So the author as the educator. Share your expertise and experiences using your in-depth knowledge of the topic. 
a focus on facts and figures and less on narratives. Author as the reporter, share details and different points of view using an investigative approach, a focus on connecting with the destination through a series of interviews presented using an objective point of view. Author as the storyteller, share personal anecdotes throughout your text to illustrate key destinations, sites and experiences. You'll include basic information, but you'll want your readers to research the full details themselves. Author as the explorer, Share your experiences with a been there and done that approach, a focus on sharing narratives to personalise travel experiences, but you'll also include some essential information. If none of those author avatars get your creative juices going, then just try creating an author avatar of your own. Give it a name and define the balance between travel facts and travel narratives. And then define the scope of what you'll include in your travel facts and define the scope that you'll include in your travel narratives. Getting clear on that balance between narratives and facts and the scope of what each will include will really help you create a consistent writing style throughout your whole book. Creating a consistent tone throughout your book will give it an easy flow that will lull your reader with its familiarity. As soon as you've labelled your intent, it's easier to settle on the tone and vocabulary that aligns with your author avatar. You can combine your avatar personalities to create an interesting mix of content that will keep your readers on their toes. Now let's look at vocabulary and sentence structure. Consider your target audience again when you're choosing your vocabulary. This will help to determine whether to use complex sentences and a broad vocabulary or simple sentences with a lower flesh reading score. The English language has a broad range of alternatives for everything you want to convey, and you can organize them differently within a sentence that will project a different meaning. Your target audience is a major consideration in how you set your writing's diction. Let's look at the three competing diction styles, formal diction, casual diction, and slang diction. And here's an example of each, formal diction. The bus journey was extremely uncomfortable. Casual diction. The bus journey wasn't comfy. Slang diction. The bus journey is a nightmare. To experiment with the different types of diction, here's some writing prompts to create formal, casual and slang versions of the same anecdote. Describe your last drink. Explain your favourite meal. Or share your worst plane journey. Now let's look at developing cadence. Have you noticed that when sentences are all the same length, no matter what you're reading, it soon sounds monotonous and boring? Shorter sentences can add excitement and drama, whereas longer sentences can lull your reader into a reflective mood. To adjust the pace of your narrative, vary the length of your sentences. This speeds up and slows down your narratives. Writing shorter sentences quickens the speed it's read at, and this helps to add drama to your writing. Conversely, if you're writing about a reflective experience or encounter where you want to lull your audience into a contemplative mood, use longer sentences. Let's look at these two sentences. Example one. The waves crashed rhythmically against the shore. Each wave slides elegantly along the sand as far as it can until dragging itself back out to join the aqua swell. 
back and forth and back and forth, an endless cycle of movement that mesmerizes your eyes and drags your brain towards introspection. An example two, crash. Another wave hits the sand, your eyes glaze over, your daydream starts. The cadence in the first sentence has longer sentences and different vocabulary, which successfully lulls the reader into a reflective mood, whereas the shorter sentences in the second example feel too urgent to induce a daydream and therefore make this writing less believable. The language and cadence used in your narratives coupled with your unique perspective and tone are the stepping stones to creating written content that's uniquely yours. Now let's look at cliches. You can try to avoid them like the plague, but travel writing seems to lend itself to the liberal use of cliches. You do it and I do it, so says Ben Groundwater at Traveller AU. When writing travel books or travel guides, it's so easy to fall back into the comfort and familiarity of a cliché. So what's the definition of a cliché? It's a phrase or opinion that is overused and betrays a lack of original thought. There are different types of cliché you may find yourself using. Number one is the well-worn phrases like hidden gem. Second one is the use of adjectives and adverbs that don't actually describe anything and things like Cozy, charming, quaint, beautiful, stunning. And the final cliché are words that are used in the wrong context. For example, this hotel is perched on the cliff edge. So a hotel is a building, not a bird, so it can't perch. Here's some common travel writing clichés. Hidden gem, bustling market, hearty meals, vibrant landscape, breathtaking views, quaint setting, mouth-watering, sun-drenched. If you're using an adjective that describes a given, what value are you adding to your writing? For example, a bustling market, a vibrant market, a colourful market, none of these add any value. If the market isn't colourful, vibrant and bustling, why are you even writing about it? So if you want to portray a market with those elements, take a look at the scene and pinpoint exactly what element sticks out. What makes the market you're visiting unique? Using a show versus tell technique can help you avoid a cliché. If your first thought is that your hotel lobby is cosy, rather than telling your reader that, describe the grand fireplace, the plush chintz sofas, the Tiffany lamps casting a subtle orange glow in the room, and the aroma of hot chocolate. This way your reader can envisage themselves sinking into the sofa in front of the fire, reading a book and sipping a hot chocolate without you having to tell them once that it's cosy. Other sets of cliches to be attracted to are outdated words that you wouldn't actually say in day-to-day conversation. Writers may add these to their writing to sound eloquent, but they end up making them sound pretentious. When was the last time you talked to your friend about an eatery you visited for dinner? We covered a lot in today's show, but I think that point of view tone, diction and cadence are the four corners that create an effective foundation to become a really good travel writer. Obviously, there's many more techniques and tools that you can incorporate into your writing. But if you get those four elements right, you're well on your way to engaging your readers. So spend some time working your way through the travel writing exercises we included in today's show. And if you want a written version of them, go to the show page on my Birds of a Feather Press website and you can copy them down from there. Just search for episode 21 on my website and you'll easily find the show page. 
Also on my website is my A to Z travel writing tips series, where I'm going through the different writing tips from A to Z. This new series is a work in progress, and there's still a long way to go to get to Z, but the tips that are up there are really help you improve your travel writing. You've been listening to How to Write and Self-Publish Your Travel Book Show, hosted by travel writer Jay Artali. Visit us at www.birdsofafeatherpress.com.